This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL versus NL. I can't shout over you. I'll tell you why. I separate this right now. Are you a Maoist sir? Let's make debates great again. NL versus NL. Hello and welcome to this episode of NL versus NL. This week we have taken a very very controversial and interesting topic which has been debated for years and years and decades and millenniums and ever since humans existed to be honest the topic for today is does religion have a positive impact on society and debating on this is our news laundry subscriber webhav hi webhav hi hi megnad webhav thinks that uh, religion does not have a positive impact on society and debating against him is uh, news laundry associate editor meghnad hi meghnad hi meghnad how are you doing and debating <laughs> i'm sorry guys i'm trying to introduce myself now <laughs> so yeah i'll be debating with uh, webhav today and i am arguing in favor of does religion have a positive impact on society i say yes so we shall begin with round 1 Okay so to begin with uh, we need to look at this question properly does religion have a positive impact on society there are two things we need to define properly here which is one is religion of course um according to me religion is a particular system of faith and worship um the other definition is of course that uh, it's a system of worship of a superhuman controlling power especially a god or gods but i am going to stick to the first one for the purpose of this debate because it's a more general sort of a uh, definition the second thing we need to define is positive impact now what does positive impact mean on a human level i think positive impact means just adding to general happiness and fulfillment you know uh, when people find that there is no purpose to their lives or they are they're just lost i feel like religion offers an answer and therefore removes that feeling of helplessness and therefore it adds happiness uh, to their lives or fulfillment to their lives which i think is a good thing i do feel that at a very basic level uh, religion spreads a message of uh, being selfless and devoted to your life and in service of others of course you know i know my opponent will argue and focus on organized religion and how it has been misused but i will not venture into that territory because i'm sure he will uh, and uh, my other argument which is uh, will be limited to how having faith just provides general meaningless to a very random life yeah that's my argument webber yes uh, firstly thank you for inviting me to this debate firstly i'll say that i do recognize that religion can have some positive effects and uh, i have nothing against ethical religious people but uh, i do think that looking at society from a global perspective the institution of religion has been a net negative so i list my main reasons number 1 millions of people throughout history have been killed due to religious wars and conflicts number 2 even in the absence of violence religion creates an axis of division a sense of other which can often lead to exclusion or discrimination number 
religion has too often been mixed with politics to create a potent tool of oppression. Number four, organized religions tend to have rigid, undemocratic power structures. Number five, religious cultures have invariably treated women as subordinate to men with restricted rights and liberties. Number six, religion has immoral, unscientific, and unhealthy attitudes towards sex, especially in terms of condonation of marital rape, criminalization of homosexuality, prohibition of premarital sex, especially for women, negative attitudes towards menstruation and masturbation, opposition to abortion and contraception, and generally a resistance to free and open discourse on the subject. Number seven, religious culture tends to be static, overly conservative, and hostile to criticism. I personally would prefer to live in a society that is dynamic and liberal, open to dissent, debate, and fresh ideas. Number eight, religion encourages an unscientific way of thinking. It asks its adherents to engage in blind faith and belief without evidence. This is especially pernicious in the case of children who are indoctrinated by parents and religious teachers. And lastly, religion entails an opportunity cost in that religious institutions and activities receive or demand resources that could be saved or better spent elsewhere. So that's my list of prepared points. Right. So uh, of all the eight points that you have mentioned, uh, I would like to just take out two of them once because I knew like, I was predicting that you would say that. Uh, <laughs> one is uh, that religion being used for controlling society. Let's put it that way. I think you put it in a way that, um, you know, it, it, uh, mass religions have often been used to sort of uh, propagate wrong ideas about, uh, you know, sex, gender, menstruation, etc. I look at these as forms of control, right? Mm. And in the absence of religion, there can be other belief systems like political parties who can mm. also propagate the same systems and then try to control a particular tribe. Khap um, panchayats being one more example. Um, the unscientific way of thinking I'll come to. Now, my arguments are based on, as I said, religion is a system which is based on faith. Now, it, I don't think anybody will sort of argue otherwise when I say that we are all living in an endlessly chaotic universe which nobody can predict or control. Right? We are, we are faced with questions like, where did we come from? What is the purpose of life? What is good or bad? Why am I here? And a lot of these questions have no answers. Or if they have answers, there are so many answers that people are confused which one to pick. Mm. Uh, now, the thing with the human brain is that it looks for patterns everywhere. It's just how our brain works. And when a thought process sort of hits a wall, uh, the brain tries to either climb over it or smash that wall somehow. Uh, religion, on the other hand, offers uh, some answers to these questions and puts anybody's minds to rest. Okay, so there are two points have been discussed. One is that uh, oppression is not only religious, that of, often it has a political dimension to it, which is, I agree, that is true. But I'll, I will counter by saying that even if religion is not the match that lights the fire, it's often the gasoline poured onto the fire. And that it, it, I feel it is difficult to extricate what is the, what is uh, actually the prime motivation for somebody. I am sure that it, uh, people would agree that for many um, 
many people who are indoctrinated in certain extremist beliefs that they will personally tell you that they are doing it for religious purposes and uh, even the people in power in uh, in religious circles you, you could uh, take the example of the brahmins in in the caste system in india or you could take the example of the clergy in the, in the christian faith like they personally will see they are motivated by their religious ideals i understand i i absolutely understand what you say but um, you know if you look at it at a very basic level religion sort of never talks about hating dividing and being cruel to people i mean it all depends on interpretation of the texts of course um like there are ancient texts which have been built over time on or in all religions and i'm specifically talking about organized religions current current organized religions but then there are other smaller religions like the, the animists or the uh, even like you know different sort of which are currently cults who develop into a religion over hundreds of years um now the basic tenet that all religions sort of uh, try to teach is that it helps people distinguish between good or bad of course it's uh, as i said it's subject to interpretation and people have misused texts to create their own sub religions and cults just to exploit people who are desperate but again there is something to be said about you know clever human beings using the religious texts and misinterpreting them and then using it as a medium of thought control right so here i would blame the people who are actually using this to as a as a tool for control rather than the religion itself or the ideas of the religion itself right and i i i also want to go back to sort of your point about uh, unscientific thinking now uh, uh, the the point to be made here is that uh, religion often sort of kills curiosity let's put it that way as i said that it offers some sort of answers to some questions which don't have any answers which means that people just end their curiosity at a certain point where they should have been either trying to find more answers or trying to figure out what is the meaning of life or how the universe began they just stop and say oh god did it right and that kills curiosity now but the thing is there are still and always will be questions which will remain unanswered right and not everybody is capable enough to sort of embrace the chaos that the universe offers and not look at patterns just general patterns around us yeah so on this point of unscientific um i like to uh, quote this line which i quite like uh, by sam harris in a letter to a christian nation so uh, i'll quote while believing strongly without evidence is considered a mark of madness or stupidity in any other area of our lives faith in god still holds immense prestige in our society religion is the one area of our discourse where it is considered noble to pretend to be certain about things no human being could possibly be certain about so going off of this my basic issue is the method of attaining knowledge which essentially is like not looking at evidence uh and believing in blind faith and belief i believe that this just this mindset issue is is a problem as it it runs counter to the scientific method um and uh problem is that even this unscientific attitudes get it leaches into issues of law and policy for example the abortion debate where um science has come to a consensus that fetuses 
can only start feeling pain at about 20 to 26 weeks in that range. So if we are saying morality is the reduction of suffering, I feel that it, it is Im immoral to deny women the, the, their uh, control over their bodies and to subject them to suffering for the benefit of an embryo that cannot feel suffering. So for example, like religion comes into scientific discourse and law and policy in that regard. The point you make about uh, uh, abortion, I, I absolutely accept that this is actually a thing, but then you have to also understand who interprets these things, right? So usually interpretation of every sort of religion is done by the privileged. Brahmins, upper caste people, men, and people who are just generally privileged enough to not work like as a daily worker and then earn a living, but they can just tell gyan about whatever is in a religion and like interpret it and uh, you know, say nonsense words to people and they feel, believe that, oh, that is happening. But those nonsense words that people are saying, uh, are hearing, actually give them some sort of hope and they uh, provide some sort of relief and answer to them. And therefore, I feel that religion does have a positive impact on society. You made a point earlier that religion uh, inspires acts of charity and altruism. I do agree that that has some positive effects on individuals, but uh, I feel that this sense of charity sense tends to be limited to one's own religious affiliation and one, one's own community. And I feel this is a general problem with religion is that it divides people into separate entities. Like this becomes a sense of us and other. And on the topic of altruism, I would like to point out that this is a that this is a movement called effective altruism, essentially trying to use evidence and reasoning to get the maximum impact from uh, altruistic dona donations. So, uh, to the listeners, I'd like to uh, rec uh, recommend that they check out uh, these two organizations, Give Well and Open Philanthropy. So, and what happens is that a lot of religious institutions, when they collect donations. There's very little accountability for how they use it. And if you see that a lot of religious institutions have amassed great wealth and receive huge amounts of donations, but they are not organizations expressly set up for using those funds appropriately. So I think that's a sort of a misallocation of resources that happens. Unfortunately, the believers actually mean well, but the end effect of that money use, I think is not most rational or uh, well allocated. I, I understand your points, Weber, and I think they're very legit points, but uh, I think you're still sticking to the organized religion parts of it. And as I said, I genuinely believe uh, religion is a faith-based system and the faith can be on anyone or anything. Um, the, the faith part of it, like for instance, there is a very famous saying by Karl Marx that religion is the opium of the people. But then I, I look at it that, you know, Opium is usually people who take drugs are the ones who want some sort of relief in their life or they want, want to escape somehow from the reality or the harshness of what is going on around them. And if religion is offering some sort of relief to people who are uh, lost, I feel like that is a genuine contribution in a lot of ways. Now, 
people when human beings just exploit these desperate people to uh, get their way or like win elections or do whatever else they want to gain power now that is the misuse of religion which i think people tend to focus on a lot but they do not focus on the positive aspect of it for instance one of the big things that in, it happens in india are festivals you know durga puja ganesh chaturthi eid christmas now what these festivals do which are rooted in general religion are they bring a lot of people together there is a general sense of happiness for a few days and there are activities that happen people meet each other there's just this general feeling of solidarity within a certain group of people which happens during these gatherings now like when i was a child uh, you know we, i used to go to these janesh chaturthi festival super enthusiastically not for the worshiping or the ritual aspect of it but because there were things like oh drama competition is happening or dance competition is happening or sports day is happening now there is no reason for any religious sort of event to have these uh, you know activities but they do happen and people use it as an excuse to get people together and have fun which i think is a genuine positive contribution the other thing is if you look at durga puja in kolkata it also offers a lot of employment to people during that period like pandal makers the idol makers a lot of other people get employment during those festival periods and a lot of economic benefit also comes as a part of uh, religious activities including temples and mosques and gurudwaras they become tourist places people go uh, for pilgrimages i think there are those aspects we also need to consider as positive and therefore overall i think that religion does have a positive impact on society okay so i'll just address a couple of points you raised one is that uh, uh, religion uh, leads to employment uh, while that, that is definitely a good thing but i, I feel that that's a specious argument because even like industries like fossil fuel industry i argue that oh we are providing employment but uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the institution as a whole is is a positive which is what i am arguing and also uh, we had mentioned that religion gives a sense of community definitely that i definitely agree that that's a positive i would just say that we can get sense of community in all sorts of ways like nowadays with especially with the internet uh, we can find thousands and millions of different communities to to join so so i feel that that's not uh, an exclusive benefit of religion itself on festivals i f- i feel that there's some of it has a detrimental environmental effect like for example the how maybe till recently how ganpati celebrations in which uh, plastic idols were submerged in the sea or you could take diwali with the bursting of firecrackers and employment of young children in those factories uh, so those are my counters um, i'd like to end with a general uh, history of religion is like i understand why history uh, why religion came into being it's tough to imagine life tens of thousands of years ago when there was no technologies that we take for granted today and limited to no understanding of science in that time there was no way to make sense of mysterious and chaotic events like the celestial bodies or weather patterns or natural disasters and there are two psychological tendencies that we have one is the agency bias 
that is interpreting events as being caused by some purposeful actor, even when they are not. And two is a pattern recognition bias, as you had uh, alluded to, which is seeing patterns where none exists. So this explains like why why religion became popular and spread all over different communities across the globe. That why people ascribe personalities to the sun, moon, thunder, wind, etc. But uh, what was initially evolutionary advantages then may not be so now in today's time with society is completely different. So it's just my, my hope that as a species, we can embrace science and humanism instead and uh, gain an understanding that we are one global community sharing a home on just one puny planet in a vast universe. That's my piece. <laughs> Weber, that was a wonderful way to end it, actually. I have to give that to you. <laughs> Thank you for doing this, man. Like, uh, that was a lovely debate. Thank you. Uh, Parikshit, what do you think? I find it fascinating to always discuss religion. Yeah. And my opinions are pretty confusing to myself as well. So, like, it's good to hear two people with some clarity. What, what is, what <laughs> I, which side are you leaning on? To put it very frankly, I'm leaning towards you, Meghnath. Because oh, I, yeah. <laughs> Because see, I'm pretty much against organized religion, like mm. against as in like, I believe that it is the cause of several bad things. But then again, religion is solace for so many people, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what, and that that pretty much ends the ends the statement. And I don't know, and that is where religion comes in. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know that it's very interesting because uh, a lot of our uh, listeners have told us that there are these topics. There is this very vast and crazy topics like religion, or as 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 you must have noticed, Weber, we had many things to say. I am pretty sure you did too. I did too, uh, yeah. but because of lack of time we couldn't so yeah. i think parikshit with this particular subject we should do an experiment on nl versus nl we should do a part two right but with other people <laughs> not not <laughs> us <laughs> not me and Weber, but with other people this is a huge topic like yeah we should do part two like and maybe a tag team thing can also work yeah Speaking of tag team, you're you'll probably hear a tag team NL versus NL soon. We are developing a different sort of format on this epic debate we are about to have, wow, uh, great, which is going to happen. But uh, Webhav, uh, yeah. thank you for subscribing to News Laundry Man. I hear you're a first-time subscriber. Yes, yes, I'm just subscribed last month, and uh, I'm loving your content. And thanks for all you do. <laughs> Keep it up. Yeah, man. Uh, and uh, why do you think it's important to support independent media, if I may ask? I mean, you explained it very well that when subscribers pay, subscribers are served. And I completely agree with that point. I, I, I see a parallel problem with social media where it's, it's widely believed that their business model is not actually serving their consumers. Mm. They're serving third-party ad agencies. Mm. So, same thing applies to news media. That right. news, that uh, when a news organization knows it has a stable subscriber base, they will not resort to sensationalism and clickbait, but yes. they will actually try and give quality content, which uh, I'm 
glad to say that you are doing that so thank you <laughs> uh, you are welcome man it's our pleasure completely <laughs> and uh, uh, but listen to uh, webhub guys and please subscribe to news laundry uh, because when the public pays the public is served and when the corporations pay the corporations are served when the governments pay you know who is served Uh, so uh, please subscribe to news laundry so that you can be a part of our wonderful nl versus nl debates you will be sent a form the moment you subscribe we will send you an email uh, with a form which has a matchmaking uh, a very complicated algorithmic matchmaking system which is run by you know ais and stuff we have developed in house no just kidding it's just me and parikshit doing it but uh, <laughs> uh, please subscribe and uh, please be a part of nl versus nl and make debates great again uh, webhav in case people want to diss you for being a non religious person where can they do that aise mat bolo agar mujhse kuch galti ho gayi to gali ke bajaye gyan de do please batao batao yeah you can contact me on twitter my handle is webzy v e b s y holy shit okay webzy v e b z y s y s y okay wonderful handle man wonderful handle uh webzy is such a common name ki kuch मेरा नाम से कुछ अवेलेबल था ही नहीं एंड इफ यू वॉन्ट टू रीच मी एंड डिस मी फॉर माई लाइक माई अटेम्प्ट टू यू नो वैलिडेट रिलीजन एंड वॉट इट ब्रिंग्स विद इट और जस्ट यू नो जॉइन माई कल्ट आई गेस बट प्लीज रीच मी ऑन एट मी मेघनाथ एम ई एम ई जी एच एन ए टी on twitter and meghnad s m e g h n a d s on instagram thank you so much for listening guys see you next week all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel